everybody. This is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com. And today's date is October 28th, 2021. And I'm happy to present to you guys today the very first episode of MLW Fusion Fight Report. So if you're not familiar, I uh, happen to not only write for WrestleZone, but I do write for MLW as well, uh, doing their television recaps. So I've been following it, Major League Wrestling uh, for the better part of two years and then some, because even before I started writing for them, which was over two years ago, uh, I watched the show and I was a big fan of it. And uh, I'm still a big fan of it. Uh, honestly, uh, from a week in and week out perspective, it is the tightest wrestling product going today. And I'm going to give a little 101, I guess, if you will, about MLW a little bit and just kind of my overall perspective and viewpoint of it and why I do like the show so much. Uh, and how uh, they present pro wrestling. Uh, because even right now, so the show is called MLW Fusion. Now it's called MLW Fusion Alpha. But even way back when, when it started off as MLW Underground, uh, Court Bauer and his crew at the time, it was very, you had very much had like some ECW vibes, uh, early ROH vibes. And um, uh, the that new kind of wave of, Hey, high flying talent where it wasn't all the, you know, your typical WWE prototypes. They were really on the, the early cutting edge of uh, younger um, and uh, more svelte talent where it's um, the, the, the Brian Danielsons that you would see um, the Sanjay Dutts um, CM Punk's he had a very intriguing storyline starting off in major league wrestling with Raven. That was such a fun thing to cover too at the time. So MLW was able to uh, kind of give a lot of that extreme championship wrestling vibe at the time because they had stars uh, from Sabu to uh, Jerry Lynn to uh, Sinister Minister, Mikey Whipwreck, Sandman, uh, Just Incredible, uh, Steve Carino, Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, all participated in the early days of Major League Wrestling. And so then uh, it ended up, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, would kind of be the main eventers, but then you would have these opening matches that would present a lot of younger stars like a Christopher Daniels, uh, as I mentioned, a Sanjay Dutt, Brian Danielson, CM Punk was right in the thick of things. Um, there are plenty, even a Matt Stryker made an appearance way back when. Uh, I, I, if, it's fascinating to go back and look and see like stars that showed up. Um, even Crowbar was there, Devin Storm. Uh, a lot of these guys kind of cut the, TJP way, way back who's still with MLW, it was cutting his teeth in Major League Wrestling back in 2003, 2004 time period. But, uh, but anyways, what I'm getting at is it eventually turned into MLW Fusion. Once they did the, the restart, the one shot that they had back in 2018, it turned into Major League Wrestling Fusion was their weekly television show that they started putting on. And um, it, it Fusion the goal for fusion was to live up to that name and the different diverse set of talents that would perform and aid and, or that would wrestle in major league wrestling. And so you had uh, luchadors and you had hybrid wrestling and they even used that term way back uh, in the underground days. But um, so it's been a very big part of major league wrestling's identity uh, since it started. And so um, fusion was uh, always kind of showcased that. You would have these uh, stars like a, a Myron Reed, who if you're not familiar with, is one of the top 
like it's just insanely talented wrestlers going right now who who is smart to the business as well from a historical perspective if you talk to him if you ever talk to him or seen an interview with him he's very he he kind of keeps that balance of um character but he also is true to himself so it's like and he doesn't he doesn't break storylines like even in interviews like he'll he'll stick to the guns about hey this is kind of the perspective but he'll be organic and natural and genuine with you uh so at myron reed is very great talent so but you have a myron reed facing like somebody from um oh what what's the name of the the promotion there the the owe with like lindeman and uh sima was there for a little bit as well but you have talents like that coming in you have la park you know la parka if you're familiar more with his wcw work uh he's there as a as a big name star um luchador his sons are there so I could go on with all the names that, uh, you know, MLW brings in. And uh, now you have a guy like Davey Richards and uh, a stalwart like Tom Lawler, who, who's been there, who reportedly might be leaving soon. Um, but then you have super heavyweight guys now like Calvin Tankman and Jacob Fatu. Holy smokes. We'll get into him too, very much so throughout the course of this uh, series. Uh, another guy. One of my favorites is Alexander Hammerstone, Alex Hammerstone, as he goes by now. And uh, just if you want to see like an epitome of like what fusion is in a lot of ways, Alex Hammerstone is the flag bearer for that because he's got that pro wrestler look like what uh, anybody, you know, uh, just a casual fan. If they were to think pro wrestler, they would see Alex Hammerstone and they'd be like, OK, that's that's a pro wrestler. No doubt. About it. But not only with Hammerstone is he's got almost like everything combined he's the total package in a lot of ways because he has the athletic ability uh to pull off uh great great matches he's got the storytelling ability he's got the mic ability he's got the look like i just said and he's able to work with all these different styles that i've been talking about so um he kind of epitomizes it and let me say right now mlw fusion alpha really epitomizes fusion the term fusion overall for a wrestling product and i will speak it into this manner because what is so fascinating about what's going on right now is that you have these factions or fight teams as and that's what's really cool about fusion to an mlw is they use all these terms like wrestlers fighters they don't you know it's not none of that you know terminology that's w orwellian or anything like that it's very more it's very sports oriented and that's what you want to see that's why we tune into this uh pro wrestling is because it feels like a sport and it it's a perfect amalgamation of sports violence fighting obviously uh and then even for like other perspectives is comic books good versus evil great storytelling like that what's going to happen next what's the continuity of storytelling all that stuff anyways i'm kind of going off track and all over the place here but i there's a lot i want to touch upon on this very first episode for you guys uh but overall like from what is being presented is very across the board pro wrestling but at its core sports like feel fight like feel big fights big moments um headline matches and the art of promotion of that as well so uh so where i'm going with this is that you have all that stuff at its core is that but all these outside stuff is there too from like the different styles like a, a notable genre like luchador 
or you know uh, the unique style that Myron Reed brings to the read to the ring. Uh, you have the MMA, very much an MMA style, because you have a guy like Tom Lawler. You have uh, guys like um, like a Bobby Fish who's very into kicking and, and stuff like that who shows up. You know, he's not uh, obviously he's with AEW, but there's a lot of different guys that come in there and do that kind of work and get that uh, King Mo, um, Alex Kane all like you know suplex oriented very much like that then you have technical wrestlers like a davy richards coming in and, and laying that groundwork um richard holiday is very much of that role too where he's he's uh got his own unique persona and identity which is true to life to him because he is, has a marketing background so all that you see about rich holiday he loves coffee that is true to him same with hammers same with all these guys and that's what makes this a really really good product is these guys aren't like putting on a facade. Obviously it's pro wrestling. So, you know, you think, Hey, crank it up to 11 kind of vibe, but this is true blue dudes like going on and um, to be able to see them, uh, you know, all these different styles and, and stories uh, going together is such a cool thing to see within an hour's time, once a week. Uh, but ultimately here's, Here's what I'm capping this is. So Fusion has that identity of the core wrestling at it is, but it pulls from everything else, from all these different styles of wrestling that, hey, fans might be very interested in. For a good amount of time, they did a lot of like uh, very hardcore stuff too here and there would mix it in. So they don't, aren't afraid to shy from that if, if possible or need be. Um, but also what has been very at, fascinating is continuity throughout the course of the wrestling world. And so what happened... If you haven't been watching, but you may be familiar with an older program on the L Ray network, uh, Lucha Underground, and um, the main character or the head honcho, the quote unquote, like, you know, Vince McMahon, if you will, of Lucha Underground was a guy named Dario Cueto. Well, uh, here, this, he doesn't go by that anymore. He goes by Cesar Duran and he, uh, it all ties in, all ties into that past and uh, brings a lot of that universe over because you have uh, uh, Mil Mortes, who's now King Mortes, but you also have this Dario Cueto, who clearly, like, they make it clear that he's under a different alliance now, and that alias now, and he is, um, he's got motives, and he's got, uh, like, this, he, he loved violence in, you know, the previous promotion, he loves violence in MLW, and he has become the matchmaker, and he's, like, dipping his toes in plenty of water that uh, is messing up the league and causing corruption. But uh, so, and the way they, that Lucha Underground was filmed and stuff like that, if you are familiar with that product, very cinematic in a lot of ways. So MLW, while they stay true and there's a cameraman, they, they acknowledge a the cameraman, they don't insult the fans intelligence uh, with, you know, how like a WWE does, you know, like that watch a TV backstage at a, a very extreme angle that you never would watch as a human being <laughs> or um, yes, or Hey, that cameras doesn't exist there. They don't insult the fans intelligence. The camera's there, but um, there's ongoings there too. And, uh, but this had a very cinematic feel. So they're pulling from all these types of things that what makes uh, certain aspects of wrestling so intriguing, no matter how it's portrayed, but at its very core, it stays the sports-like and fight-like feel uh, that what draws people to pro wrestling and the storytelling aspect, too, is obviously all there. So hopefully that covers a lot of just a, a groundwork kind of idea of how Major League Wrestling is presented.
but also I, I obviously want to cover the shows week in and week out. So, and what's been going on is the Opera Cup. This is year three of the Opera Cup going on because they started in 2019 in which uh, Davy Boy Smith became the first champion since its return. So it's been gone for over 70 years. Uh, but it was in Stu Hart's home. Like it belonged to Stu Hart was the last winner of it. And so uh, the Hart family brought it into Major League Wrestling in 2019. And then they had a tournament for it. Uh, NHL, uh, the people, well, not the NHL, but the people who handle the Stanley Cup have handled the work of re rebuilding or kind of not rebuilding, but, you know, uh, fine tuning how the trophy looks. It's all that stuff. So, um, but they had the opening tournament in 2019, which Dave Boy Smith defeated Brian Pillman Jr. in the finals and uh, very good tournament. It's only um, eight people in the brackets, but it's like overtakes over the course of time. They build the prestige to it. Uh, and ultimately, like you win that trophy, you're going to be in line for a title shot down the road. So, David Boy Smith won the first one. Who wins year two? But Filthy Tom Lawler, who has been, like I said, a stalwart major league wrestling. He's like their grand slam champion in a lot of ways, or triple crown champion, I believe they call, because he's won the Opera Cup. He's won their MLW Battle Riot, uh, which is a very unique take on uh, 40 men uh, Royal Rumble style almost uh, of a match. And then, uh, but pins and, and submissions count in there. And then um, he's also their world, been their world champion. So uh, he won the Opera Cup in 2020. And then now, obviously, we're right in the thick of it. So we actually, this week, we just closed the opening rounds of the Opera Cup. And uh, so far, we had uh, Davey Richards defeating Tom Lawler in the opening round, uh, which was a great match. Um, very, very good storytelling in that. Uh, Tom, at the end, was fantastic. Davey is such a presence in the ring and it's great to see him back. He's always been one of my guys from the ROH days. I even told him in an interview I did here at WrestleZone. I was like, I saw you when I first moved to Philly back in August of 2010 and at the 2300 arena. So it was pretty neat to actually go to the 2300 arena and see like him fighting the opera cup as well. And um, so he's been a guy that's, I, I always kept tabs on it. I was just and like, when I always associate ROH, I would associate with Davey Richards as my guy, like, cause that's when I got in anyways, kind of going off track here, but Davey Richards beat Tom Lawler in the opening round. And then Calvin Tangman beat Matt Cross. Uh, Calvin Tangman is one of the next big stars in wrestling. There's, and that's the cool thing about major league wrestling that I didn't even touch upon is all those stars. A lot of those stars that you see in WWE or AEW, like a MJF, like a Matt Riddle, like an Isaiah Scott, uh, I could very much go on. All got a, a all had a stint or a decent run in Major League Wrestling before they went that way. Like Isaiah Scott, Shane Strickland, he was uh, the, their champion coming on back when the MLW made their return and stuff like that at the at the one shot show. I believe is when he first won. I'm not super positive. I'd have to go back and look because it's been a while since I looked at that. But um, yes, so uh, but. That's what MLW keeps up with too, is they bring talent, you know, they aren't afraid to, to pull from talent and take the opportunities to get them. So what we had, what we did see too, was Calvin Tankman defeat Matt Cross, Matt Cross, who has ties to Lucha Underground. And they mentioned that too, in the, in the story as well, that plays into uh, Matt Cross's past. They don't shy away from that stuff. So 
This week, we're closing it out with two matches, two very intriguing matches. Two new AEW signs, Lee Moriarty versus Bobby Fish, who happened to have a match on AEW Rampage not too long, a couple weeks back. And Bobby Fish won that. So uh, Lee Moriarty, who I very much like a lot too. Uh, AEW obviously likes him because they signed him. Same with Bobby Fish. They tore. They opened the show this week, and uh, but let me say first what how they they uh, if you're not familiar to Alexander Alex Hammerstone, what defeated Jacob Fatu, who both guys had a two year reign with each of their respective belts. So Alex Hammerstone was the national open weight champion, while uh, Jacob Fatu was the world heavyweight champion. Uh, both held their belts for near, over two years, and they collided at Fightland. Alexander Hammerstone beat Jacob Fatu. And so he was the double champion. So I believe it was just last week is when Hammer turned in his open weight belt to Cesar Durant. And so um, the announcement was made uh, before this week's fusion that there will be a ladder match to determine the new national open weight champion. And it will include Alex Shelley versus Myron Reed versus Zenshi versus Alex Kane and a wild card in the match. I was mix, mixing up with Fightland because Myron Reed, who was the middleweight champion, uh, fought Aries and Aramis and Tajiri, who is the new middleweight champion right now. So that's pretty cool, too. And they, they work with NOAA, uh, Major League Wrestling. Uh, they work with AAA, Lucha Libre, uh, IWA Puerto Rico. Savio Vega has, is a big, big uh, part of the major league wrestling brand and um he's such a smart mind for the business too but um so yeah so that's how the show kicked off is cesar is duran made that announcement in comes king mortez who happens to be the iwa caribbean champion after defeating richard holiday he says hey i fulfilled what you wanted now you got to give me what i want and cesar duran hands him this box with that has a skull on it and it's very um pulp fiction because he opens it up and it's like this glowing kind of light and like Muerte is infatuated with it, and the show kicks off. And then we get right to this match, Lee Moriarty versus Bobby Fish. Really good match. Uh, great storytelling in regards to Bobby Fish working the leg of Lee Moriarty. And uh, Lee really tries to utilize his speed and everything like that. And um, he ultimately gets locked in uh, Bobby Fish's fish hook leg lock and submits. So really good match. Uh, very much it's I, it was cool because that same night was that fusion aired aw dynamite aired and a and cm punk fought bobby fish and it was cool to see a lot of like them working the leg of him working the leg of cm punk so like bobby fish sticks with that game plan and you know um you know that played a big part of that story too but ultimately cm punk won that one so uh lee morty uh doesn't advance while bobby fish advances to the next round and bobby fish was he, he played to the crowd, but he was ultimately the heel because he did some underhanded stuff and things like that uh, during the bout. What they've been promoting to this th throughout the evening was that Calvin Tankman would be in action against Gino Medina, who I love Gino Medina, by the way. He, uh, if you're like looking for somebody that has unique kicking style and is really crisp with them, Gino is the man at it. Like he's really, really good. He's like <laughs> my favorite kicker in all of wrestling, if you will. So, uh, so they were, but they were plugging that. Um, then what we had next, like I said, Rich Holiday lost the IWA Puerto Rican championship 
to Caribbean Championship to Mil Mortes or King Mortes. And he will try to get his retribution in the War Chamber, which is uh, war games, basically. Um, and they have their fight team. So it's going to be uh, the Hammerheads, Team Hammers, uh, who he has two, two partners with him, and Richard Holiday and EJ Naduka, who I'll talk about here soon, with two other partners, mystery partners, facing Contra Unit. Biggest one of the bad most badass fact the bad most badass i'm saying it the most badass faction in all of wrestling right now is contra unit they are such a good team like it's like they're vicious ruthless mean there's like their music is like uh classic in ways but it's also like it's nothing you could really get behind and it's like oh man there's contra's music like you know what the bad shit's gonna happen but it's like that music that's like, okay, I can get behind this. I want to cheer for these guys. It's like heelish. It's heel music. That's a good way to put it, yes. But um, so that that's what's going to happen in the war chamber on November 6th. Um, those are fun ones. Um, I didn't even mention the Von Erics. The Von Erics are like is my basically my favorite babyface tag team in all of wrestling. So there's a lot of play to history in major league wrestling as well. Von Erics being one of the many, but uh they are and it, you, I, you want to talk about like genuine and organic, like, and just being authentic. The Von Erics are there, man. They are there. Ross and Marshall, like they're the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And that's what you see on the television. So uh, anyways. Okay. So speaking of EJ Naduka, if you aren't familiar with EJ Naduka, he was Ezra judge in WWE and then he was released. They didn't utilize him that much at all. Really. He never, got his chance to shine so mlw scooped him up right away and he is already a presence if the battle riot that they had uh several months back he cleared house in there and uh he was super over with the philadelphia crowd i got to interview him here for WrestleZone, and uh we talked about that in that vibe of philly and i was like man if you're getting cheered in philly that's a good sign <laughs> and it, he was grateful for it too and like you know, he's got that big man look and everything like that. And he's got great look and great presence. And um, so it, it was neat to see uh, him fit in the MLW crowd and him get a huge reaction like he did, too. So he is partnering up with uh, Alex Hammerstone and Richard Holiday, like I said. Uh, what happens here is he's outside with uh, Emilio Sparks. If you're familiar with uh, Renee Paquette's podcast, I believe he produces that. I want to say he produces the New Day's podcast. I could be wrong. I think he does. And there's another one he also produces too, but he was really good friends with Brody Lee. Um, I got to see him at Wally Mania when they had WrestleMania in New York City. He was a really nice guy. So it was neat to kind of, you know, see him on there too. Uh, so uh, yes. So he was talking to him and EJ's like, hey, me and him are brothers. Like we work out together, all that stuff. He's like, but I want a title shot after all this. So it was pretty neat to see that like teasing for ahead of time. Uh, so Yes. Tankman wins. They catch up with him backstage and ask him, hey, what's the deal with see that? And that's what I mean, too, with the cameramen. They're part of the scene. They're not, you know, this uh, invisible wall. They are there. And so they're the ones asking the questions. Hey, what do you feel about this going on? Well, what they're asking Hammer uh, uh, Tankman is, hey, what about this like tease of King Mo wanting you to join America Top Team with him and Alex Kane? And Tankman says, you know, they should be riding my coattails. He's like, I don't need them everything like that sure enough these guys you know come up from behind him and uh sleight of hand they hit him with like a, a power cord in the eye and he's they he's bleeding it's like you know all this stuff so 
you know, Hammer, uh, Tankman's supposed to face, like I said, Gino Medina that later on. Ultimately, that doesn't happen. Uh, Tankman gets taken to the hospital, and even his Opera Cup chances might be at risk. And the, the key point about that is Alex Kane is one of the alternates in the Opera Cup. So if somebody gets hurt, the suplex assassin could get put in. So, hey, there's another strand to think about. Um, now, up next, we had a sweet segment with Los Parks. Oh, my God. So they, the neat thing about Los Parks, it's, uh, so it's L.A. Park, uh, L.A. Park Jr., and then El Hijo de la Park. So uh, both his sons, uh, they are the tag team champions as well, the MLW tag team champions. And, um, but what they do is it was kind of neat too, even during the pandemic, maybe even a little bit before that, uh, LA Park did like these cooking segments. It was great. <laughs> like he would just cut heel promos while cooking in Spanish. It was awesome. And so uh, they, they kind of played it back to this with Halloween coming up. They had some trick-or-treating tips and it's basically them trashing the the gringo halloween and saying like you don't get candy here you get like you know stuff like this and uh you get big candy and stuff in in mexico and stuff like that and they make a wu-tang reference i popped big for that <laughs> it was so good <laughs> i like was like la, LA park is talking about wu-tang <laughs> so good so uh and then they beat up uh a guy dressed in a conan mask so just a neat kind of fun little segment that mixes it up a little bit uh speaking of mixing it up we cut to cesar duran who's on the phone he's in a bad mood last week though he tried to get a hold of mad Kruger, who's like this big masked mercenary uh enforcer for contra unit and his goal this whole time since he's kind of showed up in mlw has been to be a thorn in alex hammerstone's side and try to thwart his chances at winning that world title well it didn't happen so uh cesar duran calls him into his office and is like hey you're a thought of maybe just kind of like, you know, looking out for yourself a little bit more or has that game plan changed? And, and uh, Mad says, no, it hasn't changed. I'm still with Contra. I'm still going by the Contra game plan. And he's like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have to do single stuff. Like you can kind of dabble into that. So like Cesar Duran's like, he's such a like slimy individual, but he plays it so well. And he's so like, it's just, I don't know. It's such a, it's like seriously one of my most favorite parts of, of watching this show is seeing him in the mix. Just because you know he's just up to no good, but he's also likes violence. So he's always for the best kind of matches going on too, which it's, it's a very, very well done and well executed. And the guy is such a, oh my gosh, he's such a great actor too. Um, so uh, that scene ends. And then we get, uh, the something that MLW has just started doing is the women's featherweight division. So bringing in some, uh, some top female talent that's in wrestling, uh, like Willow Nightingale, like Nicole Savoy, like the sea stars and holiday who's of mission pro wrestling, who, which I'm a very big fan of is mission pro wrestling and how they, they promote their product and everything. All women product, uh, in is mission pro uh, thunder Rosa promotion. And so, uh, but anyways, uh, so they're getting a lot of talent mixed in there. Uh, Brittany Blake's another one as well. Uh, so, uh, but what happened last week uh, is Nicole Savoy defeated Holiday, who has a pet to a chain named Dr. Dex. Um, and uh, that's a cool dynamic too, where it's like, hey, this is, it's kind of classic uh, kind of a wrestling vibe where it's like these characters and stuff like that, creepy characters. But it's uh, it's a neat element that that's added into it, and I think uh, kind of 
helps elevate Holodead as well. But anyways, uh, Nicole Savoy defeated Holodead. She attacked. Well, Nicole Savoy got injured in the match. And uh, then, uh, but Willow Nightingale was on commentary. And part of the story is Holodead attacked Willow Nightingale after, Nightingale after she was leaving commentary. So a follow-up to this, Mila Sparks is uh, out in the uh, arena area where Willow is signing autographs and interrupts and asks her about, hey, what, what's your, what do you, your whole thoughts on Holodead and stuff like that? Willow admits like, hey, she was pretty taken aback by it. You, she didn't expect you to attack from behind after leaving commentary, but she wants a match. And sure enough, she has Cesar Duran on speed dial, calls him up. It looks like that match is going to happen. It is going to happen on November 6th at, uh, in Philadelphia, uh, part of their live event stuff for, for War Chamber and building up to all that stuff. Um, but speaking of Holodead, Dr. Dax has a match. It is against that mercenary, Maz Kruger. Squash match here, uh, but Dax looked rev up going in there. And it's, it was neat little story aspects in that because all dead's like trying to, hey, you got to get with it. Like basically yelling at her pet, like get, get, start kicking his ass here. Didn't happen. Like just choke slam. Uh, or I, I think it was a full Nelson slam. Oh yeah. Reverse full Nelson slam was what it was. Got the one, two, three. Mad gets on the mic, starts chanting Contra and all this stuff. Out comes Bud Heavy, who's like, this unexpected fan favorite. It was so cool to see because he comes out there and Philly was so behind Bud Heavy. If you have not seen Bud Heavy, he's been such a great aspect of Major League Wrestling, like from uh, the Filthy Island days, which was like a comedy uh, kind of a week where they did like the play on the UFC Island, that fight Island. Well, Tom, I, Tom Waller had Filthy Island and it was just like this junk awful show that was like put on. Dan Lambert was on commentary and Bud Heavy was the music man. So he literally had like, a, he had a boom box that he'd put a tape player in and like, that's how the music would play. And then at the end, I know I'm getting off track, but I have to talk about this. Is like uh, at the end, the Von Erics come riding in on a Jeep because they're feeding with Tom Lawler. <laughs> like they crash into the area where Bud was. And they I think they, Dan Lambert or Tom or whoever was on commentary is like, they killed Bud Heavy. Like they implied that he died. <laughs> but it's like such a cool, uh, it's so funny. But Bud's got that presence and he got a big ass pop in Philadelphia. And, you know, it, it was neat to see uh, him be able to come out and like the crowds behind him. He's like, comes out with a steel chair and stuff like that and you know uh he tries to get on the apron uh match charges him he kind of resets but as he gets back on the apron gets booted uh a match happens and then he gets that full nelson slammed as well and gets the one two three so two squash matches here uh but a good way to build Mads Kruger back up and, and keep him keep him hot um so after that we did get the unfortunate news that Kevin Tankman was taken to the hospital and that match between him and Gino Medina will not happen. So didn't even get to these guys yet. Uh, so if you're familiar, you know, LAX, Santana Ortiz, uh, what had happened in TNA homicide, um, Hernandez. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some plenty of faction members. I didn't follow impact to a T back then that much, but um these guys are basically LAX, but they're five five one five zero, and it's led by Conan. Uh, and it is you might know him as Daniel Limelight, but he's Limelight, but he is Rivera here, and he's great. Like you've if you've seen Daniel Limelight Limelight's work in the ring, he's amazing, amazing athlete. He really stole the show with a lot of AEW stuff. 
uh, with his athleticism. Dude, he's a freaking former Marine too, by the way. Um, but he's just as great on the mic. Like that presence, he packs a punch and he's like, he's got that badass attitude and brings it to 5105 or 5150. <laughs> I gotta get used to that. Uh, but uh, like they, they did this quick segment, but it's like intense packs punch. They want the titles against Lost Parks and they want Cesar Duran to make it happen. <laughs> they even threaten Cesar Duran. So it's like this land of outlaws. It's just a very cool vibe. So uh, we get some of that there. Um, yeah, you got to watch this stuff if you haven't seen it because you'll get more of an appreciation for it as well. So yeah, breaking news. I kind of mentioned this already is that Contra managed to insert a fifth member to the war chamber on November 6th, which has, will be a Sentai death squad member. So part of like Contra unit. Uh, but Hammer has to search for two, two partners to join him in the EJ and Richard Holiday. So speaking of Hammer, Alicia Toot, who I've interviewed several times, um, I think only once since she was signed with MLW, but uh, Alicia Toot is great because she's, she's like just got a great presence about her, uh, but her body language and how she reacts to the interviews and stuff like that is very, very cool. And it's like cool to see because you don't get that stuff in WWE. You, you don't get the personality of like the interviewer where they're, hey, there's somebody that you want to root for or that you know who, how they're handled. Well, Alicia too does a very good job of presenting herself as well and um, reacting. She's a great, you know, reactor, and she, it's uh, she she does a very very good job at all. Anyways, so they've been teasing like this, like kind of a uh, romantic tension between her and Holiday, and Ho Holiday's like the, he's kind of like this. Holiday's been a heel for the better part, but he's kind of turning a little bit of face here, and and like because he's showing more ring work, and he kind of does. You can tell if you look between the tea leaves uh he's got some affection for alicia too and um so but he'll deny it and he's denied it because he saved alicia too one time from getting attacked by getting in a contra foray when they were attacking holiday and uh but he comes all bandaged up like uh, the invisible man as hammer's talking but hammer says hey we want a tag match against contra and stuff like that me and holiday were ready to roll well holiday's all bandaged up like i said and he's mumbling you can't hear what he's saying Alicia can't hear what he said. Well, she does hear. He says something and she slaps him. And Holiday, Hammer's like, hey, you can't say that on TV. And um, <laughs> you, Holiday closes out with some more mumbling and stuff. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to touch upon this. Uh, Hammerstone and Richard Holiday, uh, they're part of a faction, a fight team called the Dynasty, who was a part of that uh, team, but MJF. MJF and that was such a great dynamic I really if there's like some episodes past episodes available of Fusion that you can go back and watch you got to watch MJF's run in, in Major League Wrestling and because he balanced it in between like the time he even mentioned it in AAW that he was signed to two companies at the time so uh but him with the dynasty is so good so damn good all peels at the time Hammerstone was Hammerstone's like the top baby face now but at that time he's like was a big time heel and it was kind of neat to see him like just organically make that transition all right next up we had the main events it was uh tjp who's been this intense heel like he he had a, like this heel turn he was teaming with a uh, buku dao and then um turned on him that was buku dao was like his protege and then he turned on buku dao and like you know it started a mean streak for TJP. So TJP has really been embracing that. And uh, he had a match with Davey Richards a few weeks back. 
and they had a great match. It was so good. Uh, and uh, Davey ultimately won, but TJP was a big time heel. And it was just the Philly crowd loved to hate him. Like they were calling him TJ Pussy. <laughs> it was a great chant. And like it was rocking the, the 2300 arena. It really was. So, uh, and he, he took advantage of it, man. It was great stuff. But so, main event time though is TJP versus Alex Shelley. Well, I got to say, like Davey Richards in ROH for me, Alex Shelley was my guy in TNA. So, this was just neat to see them both be in an up cup at the same time. But uh, Alex Shelley cuts a promo right before he heads out. So like the stakes are there, they're right in front of your face. He's talking to Alicia Toot, but he, Alicia Toot's like, hey, what's your, uh, what's your mindset? Do you get nervous? Kind of basically asking him that kind of stuff. He's like, I don't think about anything when I go out there. And he ties it into not thinking about anything, like a mental perspective, keeping a good perspective. It plays into who Alex Shelley is because he's like a very like, you know, he loves pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is his game, but he's also into a whole lot of other stuff. And that I think really makes a star when you're, you're just obviously like Tom Brady's like, Hey, I love football. I'm all about football. And that's a good mentality to have too. But there's something to be said too, when you bring your outside aspects into wrestling, or it's just part of you and who you are. Alex Shelley is like really great at showing that. I mean, like it's natural, but he goes out and it's, I don't know. I just like the moment where he's like, Oh, my music's sitting. I got to go. And he points at Alicia and he gets, gets to it. So they get in the ring and they have another banger of a match too. It's really good stuff. Um, some good spots, uh, Alex Shelley out of nowhere, pulled out like a, a really classic kind of like head scissor spin to, into an art Fujiwa arm bar, um, very notable stuff. Um, and TJP does is innovative. Like he's so good. Um, it's kind of neat too. Cause he was had like a pink and black, like Bret Hart did. He did a lot of kind of Bret Hartish stuff, like this sharpshooter done in there and stuff like that. So, um, just really, really neat stuff. The cool spot too, where Alex Shelley, uh, gives, TJP a flatliner into the turnbuckle. And that's a cool spot. And what's great about it too, you can hear it mic'd up. He's like, motherfucker. <laughs> he gives it to him. Uh, man, I popped for that. So, but what happens here is Alex Shelley gets TJP in the border city stretch, which is like an STF kind of crossface-esque move, more crossface, not STF, more crossface-esque move, if you're not familiar. And he like, uh, TJP is trying to get to the ropes. So Alex has got his game plan is to put it. I'm like physically doing this is to put his boot onto the ropes and like roll back and put him TJP more in the center of the ring. So he locks him in the center of the ring. Well, what happens is like Alex tries to boot it and then it turns it into an angle in which uh, like the rest back is like, or vision is like, you know, blurred, not blurred, but just impaired because, you know, of bodies in the way. And uh, TJP grabs hold of the ropes he gets the one, two, three. And then, so Alex Shelley is eliminated from the tournament and TJP advances. So, uh, and that's how the show went, just like that. It's just like that. But uh, yeah, good episode of Fusion. I, I want to do something that I do with my other show here, uh, Two Down to My Dudes, which is my AW show. But uh, I want to give my MVP for the week. And who would I give it to this week? I got to say Alex Shelley. I just got to say it because I just think he did a good job. He added just a, a, a unique insertion into the program this week. 
And um, it's neat to see him just in the mix of things. And I just really like that promo at the end. It was just really well done. And the presence that he portrayed in the ring too, he takes these little moments to show who he is in the ring. That's you got to res- love that about wrestling. Like I love, that's one of my favorite parts about wrestling, all the little details. So he did a very good job of that. So Alex Shelley is my first ever MVP of MLW fight report. Yes, this is the fight report. If you have any feedback, any questions in regards to major league wrestling, you can follow me on Twitter. It'll be below here. at Dominic D'Angelo. You can also, I did create a Twitter account. Uh, at Fight Report MLW. So follow that. Follow me on Twitter. Follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Go to WrestleZone.com for all the wrestling news needs. And hey, if you're in the Philadelphia area, give a look to MLW War Chamber coming up November 6th. So week's time. Um, by the time... Okay, I can go over the final card and everything that they'll have at War Chamber uh, before next... before. War Chamber actually happened. So we'll get more into that detail next week. Yeah, but I hope I kind of was clear enough about how MLW is, was set up and how it's kind of been portrayed. That's just a, my perspective thing. I'm sure there's more to it than, you know, what, what just my perspective as it comes through. But yeah, I very much like this product. Overall, week in, week out, tightest show going. It very much plays into like not assaulting the fans' intelligence, respecting the sports like aspect. Uh, all that stuff they do a very very good job and uh there's so many people that to root for to cheer for to boo uh so it's there's a lot of people that you can hitch a wagon to be like hey that's my guy hey i like that butt heavy fella you know that's my dude you know so there's a lot of that going in there so uh tom Waller has been one of mine throughout the course of me watching it's been he's been such a good fun character to watch it's oh man He's been great. So, all right, guys, that'll do it for this week. Um, you can also check out some of my work on MajorLeagueWrestling.mlw.com. But yeah, go to MLW Live for tickets. Go to uh, MLW Shop if you want to check out some of the cool T-shirts and stuff like that. And yeah, follow them on Twitter at MLW. So, there you go, guys. That's we'll do it for the first episode of the MLW Fusion Fight Report.